Conference realignment is far from over, and rumors are that the Big 12 wants to go from 16 up to 18 and is considering Gonzaga and UConn, among some others. Could Mark View's team actually be Big 12 bound? You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, we're going to talk some Big 12 today. We're also going to hear from a familiar voice, at least for many of you who listened to the Gimme Timmy podcast. We're going to do that in the second segment. And we're going to close out the show with discussion about a reported transfer portal target that the Zags are interested in. That is Memphis center Malcolm Dandridge. All that coming up today on Locked on Zags, but we got a lead talking conference realignment and more specifically continuing to talk about Gonzaga and the Big 12 because rumors have swirled and have swirled and they've gone up and they have gone down and it has seemed like Gonzaga to the Big 12 was inevitable. It has seemed like the Gonzaga to the Big 12 is very, very far away and we have kind of just been all over the place with regards to where Gonzaga fits in the now seemingly never-ending conference realignment saga in college athletics. What we know now, of course, the obvious breakdown, the Pac-12 has effectively disintegrated It is now the Pac-4 with Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. As I'm recording this, there continue to be rumors that those schools are involved with the Big 12. There are now rumors that the ACC is potentially vetting adding at least Stanford and Cal, which would be a very unique conference to exist. The Big 10 hasn't fully ruled out Stanford and Cal after already adding USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. So there's a lot that's happening on that front, of course, The Big 12 went from losing Texas and Oklahoma to gaining Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and Central Florida, to then also adding the four corner schools out of the Pac-12. That would be Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. Big 10 is at 18 schools. If they get to 20, it will be because they add somebody like Stanford or Cal, or if they can try to convince Florida State or Clemson to leave the ACC, they might add get up to 20 that way. But Gonzaga is not really in the Big Ten conversation. Gonzaga is not in the SEC conversation. The SEC doesn't seem to be doing a ton right now. They're kind of just waiting for Texas and Oklahoma and holding firm with where they're at. Uh, ACC doesn't make sense for Gonzaga. We'll talk a lot more about the Big East on future episodes because I think there is absolutely something that could exist there. But for right now, the conversation surrounding Gonzaga and conference realignment primarily involves the Big 12, and whatever comes out of this Pac-12 Mountain West potential American Conference merger that may or may not happen. It was speculated on on an episode I did last week. It's been speculated by many other people outside of me as well. But for right now, Gonzaga seems to still be in those conversations around the Big 12. Latest reports are that the Big 12 wants to get from 16 to 18 that there are seven schools they are considering. Four of them are the Pac-4, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, 
UConn is in that conversation as well. San Diego State is in that conversation as well. The two teams that played each other in the national championship game this last year. And of course, Gonzaga makes seven. The also the rumors that I saw as well also indicated that the Big 12 is potentially looking at Gonzaga or UConn as basketball only members. Now, we've seen this a few times and I've never found it particularly realistic. If the Big 12 wants Gonzaga, the Big 12 is going to be taking all of Gonzaga. They're going to be taking the baseball. They're going to be taking the soccer. They're going to be taking all of the sports that Gonzaga has that the Big 12 also offers. There is the possibility that some of the schools that Gonzaga has are schools that the Big 12 doesn't offer, in which case Gonzaga would find another place to potentially house those programs. That's something that is is fairly common. around. I mean, the, the WCC offers softball, for example, but Gonzaga, of course, does not have a softball program. There are various other sports that fit into that. San Diego has a football team, for example, going forward. But for Gonzaga, I don't see why Gonzaga would take their basketball programs because basketball only does imply men's and women's basketball. I don't see why they would take their basketball programs, put them in the Big 12. And what would happen after that? I I don't see a realistic path. I've said this many times on this podcast. Those of you who are everyday listeners know what I am about to say, but I don't see why the WCC would keep the rest of Gonzaga's athletics while losing the basketball programs. What incentive does the WCC have to do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I really don't see Gonzaga's athletic department going to the other programs and saying, hey, we're going to house soccer and volleyball and baseball and tennis and whomever else in the big sky or the big West or the WAC or whomever is willing to take those sports And we're going to take our best sport, our biggest moneymaker, by a tremendous margin, the biggest moneymaker in the WCC by, again, huge amounts. And we're going to take that to the Big 12. Cool? Cool. I just don't think that's going to happen. So the question then becomes, if the Big 12 is willing to accept all of Gonzaga sports, what does that look like financially? And is the piece of the puzzle or the piece of the pie that Gonzaga is going to get from the Big 12? We know it's going to be more than they're making from the WCC because it's just really hard to imagine that it would be less. But is it going to be enough of a bump financially to offset the cost of travel for your teams? Not just your basketball team, but traveling your soccer team to Morgantown, West Virginia. You know, are you going to be able to do that? Then, of course, you have to weigh the cons of, you know, the things that we've seen many student athletes talking about in light of this Pac-12, you know, dissolution that we saw of like, I didn't sign up to go to a Pac-12 school to play Rutgers and Maryland, uh, you know, and we're seeing that from Olympic sports, football and basketball aren't necessarily in those conversations, but college athletics is about more than football and basketball. And I just, I have a hard time seeing a reality where Gonzaga says, well, we're only going to have our basketballs be there and we're going to keep the rest of our student athletes here. I'm just not sure that that's going to work. Does that mean that Gonzaga to the Big 12 isn't going to work? Of course not. I think there are absolutely avenues to this being successful. It's just not as simple as the Big 12 owners get together, they vote, they say, we'll accept Gonzaga. Gonzaga says, yep, we're in and we're moving forward. It's just, it's not going to be that simple because Gonzaga doesn't have the football team because the financials are going to be significantly different because the travel piece is very dramatically different for a school like Gonzaga. It's just a more complicated situation. Having said that, my gosh, Gonzaga and the Big 12 would be so fun. Look at what the Big 12 is right now. I mean, just here's a list of the schools. I mean, just looking down, it's really hard to not want to be in this conference. You have obvious already pre-existing West coast 
ish rivalries in Arizona and BYU. They're already there. They're already built in. There's already a history. There's already camaraderie. There's already fan bases at each other's throats. It already exists with two of the programs in the big 12. Then you have Baylor kind of already exists there too. Gonzaga and Baylor have played each other a handful of times in the non-conference. They of course played in the national championship game a few years ago. Scott drew and, and Mark few are two of the best who are doing it right now. Like that's already a matchup that has some intrigue playing Baylor every year. A couple of times would be incredible. Then you have Kansas, Houston, West Virginia, Texas Tech, just these programs that have been premier successful basketball programs for the last couple of decades. Kansas and Houston are kind of a step above where Texas Tech and West Virginia are at lately, but those are still quality premier programs that Gonzaga would get to face. You have TCU. Gonzaga just faced them in the NCAA tournament. You have Iowa State, a program that has consistently been uh, very good the last couple of years. Kansas State just took a huge jump last year with Coach Jerome Tang. Uh, Then you have the three other schools coming from the Pac-12, Colorado, Arizona State, and Utah. Less of an actual basketball competition there. Arizona State was a tournament team last year, but only barely. But there's a lot of Zags in Denver who would probably love to get a chance to see Gonzaga play in a non-conference game in their home area, in Denver, Boulder area. That would be huge for them to get to go watch the Zags play Colorado. Same with Utah. Of course, they get BYU and Utah now. So any Zags living in the Salt Lake City, Provo, anywhere in Utah are going to have a really fun opportunity to get a chance to see the Zags. And then you have Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Central Florida, the other schools rounding it out. Again, quality programs that are certainly a higher level of basketball than what the bottom of the WCC currently is. So that's kind of where I'm at with this. I would love the Big 12. I mean, who wouldn't love the Big 12? The fact that Gonzaga is still being considered when the Big 12 is already up to 16 is proof that Brett Yormark, the commissioner, really does love college basketball and really does want to make the Big 12 the premier college basketball brand in the sport. It already is, if we're being honest, especially after adding Arizona and Houston. I mean, it is the best basketball conference with no disrespect to the Big East but it, or even the SEC. Big 12 is the best and, and adding Gonzaga and UConn and, or San Diego State or whatever combination of these programs they bring in is going to continue to help solidify that. I think it'd be great if Gonzaga could get in. I think there's some very obvious intrigues, some very obvious rivalries that could form out of that. But I, there's a lot of hurdles that would still need to be overcome in order to make that work. Well, we're going to hear from Gimme Timmy podcast host Noah Bono regarding his thoughts on Gonzaga and the Big 12 conference. All of that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a free job post. And then all you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And let's be honest, the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners checking the show out on YouTube. Very much 
appreciated there. We got more conference realignment conversation coming later this week. And this episode will continue to keep you updated what's going on with the Big 12. Whether the Big East might get involved, we'll have some more interviews and other various fun things going on this week as well. But for now, we're going to hear from Noah Buono, a guy that many of you have heard from as listeners of the Gimme Timmy podcast, of course, the great podcast with Drew Timmy, part of iHeartRadio that went out last year throughout the uh, college basketball season. Noah came on the Locked On College Basketball podcast. Tim and I spoke about a variety of different topics, including how Gonzaga might fare in the Big 12. Noah had some very, very stern thoughts on Gonzaga in the Big 12, and we're going to hear from all of those right after this. Noah, you had the fortune of getting a chance to presumably watch a fair amount of Gonzaga basketball last year, or at least get a good inside scoop on what was going on with Gonzaga basketball as the host of the Gimme Timmy podcast with Drew Timmy. I do want to talk about your experiences talking with Drew because he's one of the most fun people I've ever interacted with, and I'm sure you have some fun stories there. But before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit, stay on this conference realignment conversation and kind of just talk about Gonzaga's fit here because UConn would have to make the decision to leave a conference that's very, very good that, I mean, didn't hurt them at all in their quest to make the NCAA tournament championship last year uh, and that they have this rich history with. Gonzaga obviously has a history in the WCC, but no one's going to have any debate about how much better the Big 12 conference would be. And this is coming from somebody who loves the WCC. I truly do. But I mean, this isn't even close. And if Gonzaga has the opportunity there's a lot of people out there who are going to say, oh, this program would collapse. There's no way they would be able to win. And like, look, they're not going to go 37-1 and like they did in 2017. They're not going to go undefeated like they did in 2021 with Jalen Suggs. But the idea, at least to me, that Gonzaga wouldn't be able to hang in the Big 12 feels kind of frivolous. Again, they're not going to be – they're not going to – they're going to lose more games. But it feels to me like they'd still be pretty competitive. Is that from from – getting to watch them a little bit last year and talk with Rudy, you feel like this is a team that could make that jump if they needed to? WCC is less competitive than the Big 12 would be. That that's mm-hmm. You're not saying anything. When people say that. It's it's obvious. Yeah. And it, right. Of course, they're not going to go 37-1. Of course, they're mm-hmm. not going to be as dominant as mm-hmm. they would be in the in the WCC. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're going to go to the Big 12 and stink. Right. There's, there's, <laughs> I think that if they went to the Big 12, there's a legitimate 0% chance that they stunk, that they yeah. were a bottom tier team. Yeah. I think it's completely asinine, makes no sense that it yeah. can even like that's just to me like when people just hate on a program. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I hate Gonzaga. So like <laughs> they would suck if they went to the Big right. 12. They would suck if they were. No, they wouldn't. No, they yeah. wouldn't because their culture, their coach, yeah. their whole vibe mm-hmm. and demeanor as a program yeah. is as high level as you need it to be. It's it's in the realm of like the Warriors, the Yankees. <laughs> Yeah. The Lakers, like, yeah. oh, well, maybe not the current Lakers with what had been going on, but you know what I mean? Like just the culture of that environment, like the Patriots, they're not a losing team. They don't, right. they're not losers over there. So mm-hmm. I don't think like you could plug them into any conference and they're going to figure out a way to finish in the yeah. top half of the conference. So I always just, every time I hear it, I'm like, we're not mm-hmm. speaking logically. If we say that this powerhouse basketball school is going to have any trouble mm-hmm. winning elsewhere. Sure. Right. They're going to lose more games, but it ain't going to depict that like, Oh, right. they're actually a dog shit program. No, no, no. They're solidified <laughs> yeah. as a as a bona fide, amazing, historic mm-hmm. college basketball program. And they always will be. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it, it's so striking to me that people make comments like, well, what happens if Mark Few leaves? It's like, well, yeah, like that's the, the program's going to change. But the culture is is there. It's not like he 
is a hundred percent of it. He's not even close to a hundred percent of it. And I know people were worried when Tommy Lloyd left, he'd been there for 20 years and was really a, a big catalyst for their international recruiting and a lot of their success. Uh, and anybody in the program would tell you, yeah, losing Tommy hurt, but like, the idea that Tommy going to Arizona means that when Mark Few leaves, Gonzaga is just going to become like every other school in the WCC is is tremendous to me. I can't believe that people are genuinely afraid of that. Like Gonzaga has built a brand that is going to outlast their current coach, and he deserves so much credit for building and maintaining that brand, but it is not solely him. And to me, getting this team into another conference and getting them you know, so start being able to recruit without having the, well, like, you know, you're in the WCC attached to them. They're going to recruit even better and they're going to get better. And to me, like them joining a new conference isn't going to hurt them. Uh, in, it's going to hurt their Mark Few's overall win-loss record, but he's going to be totally fine with yeah, that. But again, who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're exactly. lose games. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah, 100%. Well, no, I want to talk about Drew Timmy because – Whenever given the opportunity, I like to talk about Drew Timmy because he was such a fun character to follow for four years at Gonzaga, a tremendous career. And last year, he started to launch his media career, something that seems fairly possible will be in the cards for him after his basketball playing career is over, which will hopefully be a long time from now. But you got the opportunity to host that Gimme Timmy podcast. And I'd kind of love to hear from you just, A, how it kind of came together for you and Drew, your kind of opportunities to meet each other and kind of get familiar as you started this podcast together and kind of just what that experience was like for you getting a chance to, to work with, with Drew. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, oh, man, the Gimme Timmy podcast was absolute blessing. And it was honestly like some of the most fun that I've had and I've only been out of college for a year and a half now, but mm -hmm. like since being out of college and even during my last couple of years at Duquesne, like that, cause I had a lot of different regimented routines, whether it was like being on the Duquesne team and everything that comes with that on a day-to-day -day basis, or then mm -hmm. starting to work out of college and, you know, doing player development and doing that every day. Like then I started doing the Gimme Timmy podcast and that became like very regimented and, you know, yeah. cemented in my everyday routine because like it was my job. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like, I was attached to this big name, like Drew Timmy. It was his last year. And I kind of just wore it with a lot of pride of yeah. like, you know, it's on me to help make this guy's brand look even better mm -hmm. and to showcase him as like, you know, like you said, opening up his media career and yeah. him as a media talent and like all these different components that came along with it. And so like, I really, I, you know, I absorbed it as, as though it was a full-time job, mm -hmm. um, Cause that's just in my nature and I just wanted to do right by him, by his agents, by his family. Um, and ultimately, you know, for myself as well, in my own mm -hmm. kickstart for my career, I thought it was a great opportunity. Um, yeah. and it was honestly random how it, it came about because I, so I was a walk-on mm -hmm. at both of the division schools I went to and mm -hmm. my walk-on journey was like not as fun as maybe, you know, a Michigan state walk-on yeah. journey or, or coach K's grandson at Duke yeah. where they're just, you know, <laughs> Mm -hmm. so maybe peaches and rainbows for them. Mine was right. a little bit the opposite. And so yeah. when NIL passed in 2021, I was, I had a fifth year because mm -hmm. of all the transferring I did. Um, and I just thought like, I always wanted to podcast. And so I started a show called walkie talkies podcast and it was centered around just interviewing current and former walk-ons of any sport of any era. And it got to the point where like I was hustling and hustling so much mm -hmm. to teach myself it, but also to get guests. On. I was doing every layer by myself. Right. And I ended up getting Rudy Rudiger from the, you know, infamous Notre Dame football movie, Rudy. Mm -hmm. I got Andre Drummond on the show. I interviewed wow. Brad Calipari, mm -hmm. um, Coach Calson when he was a walk on at Kentucky. 
so I was just hustling because I, you know, I cared a lot about like other people's walk on stories. And I thought it was a really good idea, you know, to put on a platform. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting a deal with like a new podcast network that was attached to iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't say I got so good at it, but I got really experienced because I was putting out episodes every single week. I was super consistent. I, yep. again, I cared about it a lot. Like I wasn't going to oh, I want to start a podcast. And I put out two episodes and you never hear from me again. I wasn't yep. going to be that guy. Like I truly wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So fast forward and I'm putting out episodes weekly last summer with walkie talkies and the network and iHeart was trying to get a deal with Drew and some bigger name college mm-hmm. athletes. They ended up getting Drew and the Cavender twins. But how it came about for me was like they needed someone to host it and yep. produce it. And they had no one, but it was kind of like a, you know, his agents who I love now, I got have a great relationship with both of them, which has mm-hmm. been great. But at the time we're like, well, you know, we'll have a phone call with like who you think, you know, your potential host and producer could be for Drew. And if Drew likes him, then maybe we'll like, you know, move forward. Mm-hmm. So then it became like, oh, wow. Like if this happens, this is only going to happen if Drew likes me. Like if, me, <laughs> if I have a good impression on Drew on this like random phone call on a Tuesday mm-hmm. morning, whenever Drew, you know, calls me and i knew the call was coming it was like tuesday at 1 p.m like expect drew timmy to call you and i was like okay that's so weird but okay (laughs) (laughs) and so we just got on the phone and it was you know it was if i've known him for 10 years because he's a bro and i'm you know yeah it just was easy and and we're very similar and obviously that carried on into the show and so from that initial phone call it just became on my shoulders to like you know fully sell him on like hey i think this is something you really should do Mm-hmm. And my biggest pitch was like, buddy, I'm going to make it as easy as possible, as easy as easy as possible for you. You, you ain't mm-hmm. going to have to do shit. I'll do everything. Yep. Just get your ass on the call once a week, two, three hours. We'll go through it before we record. We'll record and then we'll get you the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. then it just became a point where that was our rhythm. But we just became friends out of it. Like yeah. we would sit on the Zoom call, you know, for three hours after recording, like eating pizza, drink, you know, just chilling. Like because yep. we just we were just that was our week to hang out, kick it. And it was great because like I didn't at that point, as that became the rhythm, I didn't really care about the podcast. I was just like, oh, it's the whole time. My goal was like, well, hopefully we just become friends, man. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the podcast is fun. And then we became friends. You know, I go I went to Spokane back to back weekends um, for that St. Mary's game and the, you know, college game day came out. Mm -hmm. And then I went back there like a week and a half later and we recorded a live podcast um, at the casino out there, which was great. So like it was just like a big, you know one step at a time to kind of like sell them on the thing, then get the podcast rolling and ultimately do a good job on it. And I mean, I don't really love talking myself up, but I do think me and Drew did a kick-ass job on that thing. And it was so much fun. All right. Thanks to Noah for coming on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Glad we got a chance to hear from him. But now Gonzaga is reportedly involved in another transfer portal target. And this time it's a big man. We've seen them involved heavily in the guard market, but they are looking at Memphis center, Malcolm Dainbridge. We're going to talk about that right after this. All right, folks, final segment here. Still any patents, still locked on Zach. Switching away from our conversation about the big 12 conference to focus on yet another transfer portal target. For Mark Few and the Gonzaga Bulldogs, they have two scholarships remaining after adding Marcus Adams Jr. to replace the departed Alex Tui. 
primarily so far in the last couple months, really, of the offseason, the Zags have been looking at a guard. Primarily to replace Malachi Smith as the expectation, a third guard behind Ryan Nembhard and Nolan Hickman, somebody who's going to compete with minutes for Dusty Stromer, potentially compete with minutes for Steel Venters, assuming that uh, Steel plays some minutes at the two if June Sok Yo or Marcus Adams Jr. are playing more minutes at the three. However, the latest player that is connected to Gonzaga in the transfer portal is Malcolm Dandridge. Malcolm Dandridge is a six foot nine center out of Memphis. It was tweeted by John Rothstein about a week ago that Gonzaga has made some contact with Dandridge. Uh, and the fit is a tiny bit odd, but we can explain maybe why we think Mark Few and the staff might be involved here. And also, all we know is that there has been some contact made between these two sides. Hard to always know how serious that actually means anybody would be in this situation. Dandridge is a graduate transfer. He spent the last four years all at Memphis. He is from Memphis. That is who he is and where he is from. He spent four years again under Penny Hardaway with the Tigers. Numbers never really jumped off the page. In four years, he averaged about 13 minutes per game. So he was always he's always kind of been a backup center. I think he started 14 out of 101 games that he's played with Memphis. Average about 4.2 points per game, three rebounds, 0.8 blocks per game. Again, that's in just under 13 minutes of action. So what's the what's the rub here? What's the uh, what's kind of the perception for for Gonzaga? We're looking at a team that already kind of has a lot of six foot nine big men. I mean, that's that's the first thing that jumped out to me. Graham Ek is listed at six nine. Anton Watson is listed at six eight. Ben Gregg is listed at six nine. Caden Perry is listed at six nine. Braden Huff, I think, is listed at six ten. Perhaps, but regardless, Gonzaga has a roster full of undersized bigs. So somebody like Malcolm Dandridge, who is an undersized big, feels a bit like an odd fit. When Gonzaga was pursuing Naheem McLeod, who was out of Florida State, who ultimately ended up going to Syracuse, McLeod is 7-1. When Gonzaga was pursuing Jesse Edwards, who was out of Syracuse, who went to West Virginia, Edwards was, I think, a 7-2, 7-1. He's over 7 feet. Those kind of additions made sense because Gonzaga needed rim protection. They still do. It is, in my mind, the biggest area of concern on this team in terms of roster building, roster construction. Who is going to protect the rim? Now, Dandridge may be 6'9", and it may feel like that makes him not a great fit for this role, but his numbers have shown that he is a solid rim protector in the limited role that he has had. 0.8 0.8 blocks per game in about 13 minutes, pretty good. His blocks per 40 have tra- have come out to be about two and a half blocks per game. Is he going to come into Gonzaga, play 25 minutes a night, and block one and a half to two shots per game? No, of course not. I don't think that that's, re- that's the reality here, the likelihood. But what I do think is that Gonzaga is identifying a player who could fill a role as a third or fourth big for the Zags. Do they need a third or fourth big, especially more than they need a third guard? I would argue probably not, but it's hard to ignore the fact that two of the players expected to play roles in Gonzaga's front court next year have a pretty lengthy injury history. Graham E.K. missed all of last year with a foot injury. He missed an entire season. When he was healthy the year before that, he was incredible for Wyoming. 19.5 points per game, 9.5 boards per game. He was excellent. Caden Perry hasn't played in two years. He's played eight games since he got to Gonzaga as a freshman a couple years ago. So depending on him to play a significant role next year would be foolish. All accounts right now are that he's healthy. I have expected that Caden Perry will be somebody who finds himself on the court at times next season, but I don't think Gonzaga is expecting him to play a consistent every single day role. 
And the fact that they're pursuing somebody like Dandridge or at least making the call kind of indicates that they, they do feel like they could add more to that front court and it wouldn't be detrimental to their team. Having somebody like Dandridge who doesn't need the ball in his hands, who isn't a high-level scorer, who's a decent rebounder, but who on the defensive end of the floor can use his body, use his size to prevent other players from getting easy shots around the rim. If that's all he does, if he plays eight minutes a game, commits three or four fouls, but blocks a few shots or at least prevents a few guys from getting good looks at the hoop, that's not there's nothing wrong with that. He's a grad transfer coming in for one year. He's not going to slow the development of guys like Huff or guys like uh, Perry or Greg or anybody like that. He's not going to take playing time from Ben Greg or Watson or even EK, assuming that he is healthy. So I can see the fit. I can see the appeal. It's not exactly what I think Gonzaga needs more than anything else. But if they don't feel like the guards that are out there are players that they need, you know, they watched Jeremiah Williams, who was they were targeting, go to Rutgers. Like they, there's some guys out there who they were in, interested in, but who have committed elsewhere. Maybe they feel like, hey, we have two roster spots. We're not seeing anybody who fits a need here, but maybe there's a guy that we can get who fits another need who can do something else for the program. And that's kind of where I feel like this is coming in. We're going to talk on a future episode of the show about some more, some more players who just became available. There's two transfers who just showed up, both have ties to the WCC, both could be appealing to Gonzaga. We'll talk about that on a future episode of Locked on Zags. But for right now, I think the Zags are just expanding their options to look at, hey, maybe it doesn't have to be a six foot five combo guard who plays good defense. Like we're at the point where we have these open spots Let's find out who we can add to this team who's going to make us better, even if it's not the exact player that we need. That's kind of the impression I've got. Dandridge has gotten interest from St. Louis. He's gotten interest from Michigan. He's gotten some interest from West Virginia. And Memphis, Penny Hardaway spoke just a couple of days ago and said he he feels that there is a good chance that Dandridge will return to Memphis. So he could come back to school if he wanted to. It's easy to see the fit at uh, West Virginia. They lose Mo Wagee. They lose James Aconquo. They lose Trey Mitchell. All three of those guys hit the portal after Bob Huggins loses his job. Uh, St. Louis, he would get a lot more playing time there. Really solid A-10 program that lost their best player in Yuri Collins last year, but still has a lot of upside in that program. Michigan, I'm not sure if the need is still there necessarily, but certainly he could play a, a smaller role at Michigan like he's done at Memphis and like he would do at Gonzaga as well. So a player to keep an eye on, a, a guy that I don't think is super likely to commit to Gonzaga necessarily, but certainly always worth reporting when we see Gonzaga connecting with prospects or transfers, especially here in late August. All right, folks, that's going to do it for me today. Don't forget to check out the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast, especially if you want to hear more of that conversation we had with Noah Bono. More fantastic stuff there. More fantastic stuff coming your way here on Lockdown Zags as well. We'll talk Big East. We'll talk some more conference realignment. We'll have some fun guests on to get into August and September, these slow seasons, which haven't been that slow so far here on Lockdown Zags. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, as always, go Zags.